0: Hey, welcome back to Therapy Insiders podcast. Thanks for tuning in. It's been a little while, hasn't it? Glad to have you uh, tuning in again. Back to fresh episodes. It's been a it's been the longest stretch that I can remember that we haven't gone without releasing episodes, and that's because we've been out and about. We were at. Private Practice Section conference, which is actually right after this episode was recorded. Uh, if you checked out Ben and I, we walked around the new the uh, Las Vegas Strip. Almost at the New York Strip. They're they're kind of the same, right? No, not really. I like New York more than Vegas. But we walked around and we asked strangers about low back pain, and we only had one person say physical therapy. It was pretty interesting. We had a lot of people tell us no, and that really got us thinking. We had this this. These incredible conversations with people And we really started to talk about the future Not about what is wrong with physical therapy Not about what, everything that happened And then all this negativity is finally started to move And we were like, look, let's focus on the future So we have incredible guests lined up To talk about different subjects, different areas of physical therapy And what the future holds And we're going to start it off with this episode of Just Me, Urson, and Ben Kind of putting some of our thoughts together, and then every week from now on, we're going to have a guest talking about the future. So, without further ado, let's get into this week's episode of Therapy Insiders with my co hosts, Dr. Ursin Religioso, Dr. Ben Fung, and me talking about the future. Enjoy. <laughs> Hello, welcome back to Therapy Insiders Podcast. Dr. Gene Chiracabrod here with Dr. Erson Rilioso and filling in for Joe, Dr. Ben Fung, our partner at UpDoc Media. How are you guys doing? Doing great. I'm doing well, Gene. So Ben and I had a, a busy weekend or half a week last week. We were at uh, the physic, the private practice conference pps in las vegas and got to hang out with with some of our friends in the industry got to chat with a lot of business professionals or or business-minded physical therapists and um got to do some cool cool networking as well as recording some content we have a video out now of us interviewing strangers on the las vegas strip asking them about low back pain so that's on uh UpDoc Media Facebook page and on our website updocmedia.com. And uh, Ben and I came away with uh, a bunch of impressions this year. This year more than most. So we thought it'd be a good idea, Ursen, because you weren't there, to kind of go through some of them with you and, and get your perspective, because you're all over the place. Obviously, you you have a, a ton of influence and contacts in this profession. And uh, I think it'd be fun to kind of break through or break down some of these, some of these points. Ben, you wrote up um, a, a blog on uh, updocmedia.com about a, a recap. So I think, I think using that will be a pretty good outline to, to discuss some of this. Uh, t- to me, one of the biggest things I saw and, and felt, which is kind of hard aside from... Um, aside from the cloud of smoke that I got hit with when I walked into the casino, (laughs) which just sucks. Being on the East Coast, smoking is illegal everywhere inside and almost outside as well. And to walk into a building and just smell smoke, uh, yeah, it just, I don't know any other way to say that it just sucked. That was pretty brutal. Uh, The same here out of California. Um,
1: You know, like, you have designated, you know, social sin smoking zones everywhere (laughs) well not no actually rather let me correct that everywhere you can't and in the small pockets that you are supposed to be able to you can and you know people basically treat you like you have leprosy Um, it did suck I actually got a cold from it
0: yeah Um, well at at least you didn't get cancer from it so stick with the cold Uh, (laughs) to be uh, aside aside from that the the one big change that I felt was, was positivity. I feel like years before, and actually this kind of started with Ascend when we were there. I started, I get that sense as well. It's just the overall positivity that's starting to come around again in, in the profession, because I feel like for the last few years, it's been a lot of doom and gloom. It's been insurance reimbursement is going down. It's been uh, people don't know about us. Only 7% of people are getting treatment for low back pain. And now people are starting to come around like, yeah, all those things are happening, but We look at them as opportunity instead of kind of dwelling on the negativity of it. And and that's the big thing. There's just so much opportunity right now in this profession.
1: Definitely. I mean, I agree. We we definitely felt it at Ascend um, and certainly at PPS, and it's something um, you know, I noted uh, in the blog as well, which is, you know, a lot of what I feel people take away um, from any kind of event like this has to do with what people talk about after the sessions, right, rather than during. And it's during those bar conversations and conversation on the strip and just the random ones. And none of it had to do with complaints. Everything had to do about people brainstorming solutions and kind of breaking down some of these walls of trying to compete within each other and how do we compete in a collaborative format to get out there to breach that seven to eight percent market share that we have. That, that you know, that eight percent of the musculoskeletal pie isn't worth bickering about. We need to, you know, link arms and and get out there Uh, and I think that that's a great thing as well because when when you have that mindset when private practitioners are you know spearheading with that kind of mindset they're also going to instill the next generation with that same mindset so we don't just pigeonhole ourselves with all this fear and negativity we start to actually look at the opportunities and start testing them and pursuing them
0: yeah and and pps is unique because Unlike CSM and, again, Ascend and, to some extent, Next, there's not a ton of DPT students that go there. So, And DPT students bring an entirely different energy to it. That's why this year at PPS, it was nice to see some of that positivity because, in reality, and quite frankly, the DPT students are the ones that bring a lot of that positivity and energy and fresh PTs that kind of is wavering a little bit or has been wavering and, and a lot that are already established in the profession. So, obviously you teach a ton of courses. You've been you've been around this profession. Um, I don't know, 80, 90 years. Uh, have you have you kind of have you kind of felt some of this changing as as you teach other professionals as you kind of do all your stuff on social media?
2: That's funny. I was like, now it's time for the old man's perspective. It's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking before you said that.
0: <laughs> Uh, Well, I I, I know
2: it probably it looks like it it might be, you know, even if it's 10 percent faithful, it would still be awesome. But um, yeah. So, you know, when I first graduated and I think Ben and I did like an actual before YouTube live or Facebook live was even a thing. We actually did a video interview a long time ago about just the DPT and Negativity in our profession and everything. I totally remember that. (laughs) Yeah, and and, and I can tell you that absolutely. I mean, when I, I when I was going for my masters, uh, all the bachelors PTs were basically like, "You don't need that." And I immediately went on for my transitional, and all the masters and the bachelors people were like, "You don't need that." And then uh, I read an article as soon as I graduated. It said. PTs in the emergency room is a great idea and, and every single great idea that I read about or even proposed, it was just shot down forever. You know, and, um, yeah, recent statistics and statistics from like 10, 15 years ago are talking about that 7 and 8% and, you know, it is it is dismal, but I think it's probably because PT now, like you said, we're actually coming around to. I mean, seventy eight percent instead of thinking about it as unfortunate, actually capitalizing on that and just marketing to that. That I mean, that's still a huge amount of people, um, and, and just trying to find that uh, as a business and, and incorporating business into um, you know physical therapy and. Uh, bringing all the fresh PTs in. I think that's great. I mean, that's, it's refreshing to hear that that is a message now because I, I other than, you know, online and speaking to a lot of young professionals, um, most of the older ones are still kind of just, all I can see is how bad it is or how, how much it's changed and how much they don't like to accept change. And I think that's the thing. Most people don't like to
0: accept change. I think that that's absolutely it. Most people don't like change because of the a fear of the unknown. You don't know what change is going to bring. For better or for worse, consistency is something that you can rely on. It's, it's something that is going to be there. Even, even if it's mediocre day-to-day stuff, you know what you're going to get. And, and people take comfort in that. Uh, thankfully, that is changing because most of us are not okay with mediocrity anymore. We're not okay with status quo because status quo sucks. Status quo is, is not good enough anymore and to to really to really evolve and grow and and for the things that we talk about to actually happen for the public to know what what the hell that we do and and for even 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 the generation um before us to to support us uh, to to kind of plug into the energy we need we need to have a plan for the future and we need to be able to step away because energy energy without tangible plans and, and experience from those that have done it, that have had boots on the ground, that have hustle and that have been grinding for 20, 30 years, energy will eventually, it'll, it'll fade if, if it's not directed properly, which, which brings us to another point then, is we kind of have to stand on the shoulders of giants. And we had some incredible conversations with with people that have that are well established in our professions, that that kind of built it up to what it is today, and they shared incredible stories with us. But they also shared that they are they are excited to see where it's going, and, and they're willing to support it as long as people actually allow them to. Yeah, I mean that, that's
1: something that I just wasn't aware of. You know, it was some of the some of these very. Uh, almost vulnerable conversations that we had with private practitioners and uh that was just striking to me it was, it was emotionally moving to me personally because you know the, these folks really care these they've been in the business for you know 30 40 years we have people that we talked to that were you know 70 years old um they're nowhere near quitting it's still their profession and uh you know i, I just uh put out the uh the private practice human resource survey, cause I'm interested in finding out what the private practitioners want and what their desirability is and, and, you know, what they're thinking about and, and what their legacy plans are. And, you know, we have a handful of results and, and the, <laughs> overwhelmingly they want to plan out their legacy cause you know, they devoted their lives to this thing. And I think we need to start a, we need to take on, you know, we, we need to take on the torch with them, you know, and, and, and hold it together for the handoff. And then we need to start immediately planning, you know, our own legacies. And there's always that funny balance where I think people fear that you're not honoring the past or you're, you're trying to ignore it because of the change. And and I think that nothing could be further from the truth. You know, I think, uh, you know, like Erson said, the whole, uh, you know, the bachelor PT making fun of him during the masters. And then both of those for the doctor transitional, I, I think that day is done. I think what we, we need to do is, uh, is recognize that status quo is status crap and, uh, you know, we need to go to these, these giants and uh, you know help share their stories because honestly they're so humble. Like I, I couldn't I, I didn't even realize who I was sitting next to at, at most of these uh, conversations. just wow what they have done um, how they did it and how they hey, grinded away and, and they do want to pass it on.
0: And it's not just the people. It's, it's their wisdom, it's their experience, it's their knowledge. Uh, you know we're not we're not building up gurus here that's not what we're talking about we're not saying honor honor these people and and their achievements no what we're saying is let these people share their wisdom their their information their their golden nuggets things things that we can that always go from from generation to generation and that transfer from business to business there there's core competencies there there's just basic ideas foundational ideas that will always transfer every year and then integrate it into what we know and how we know how to do business and to market and to connect. And then we take the best from every single generation and improve on it every single year, every single generation. And to me, that that's the only way to keep pushing this profession forward and to keep breaking through barriers and, and getting out of our own way essentially sometimes to, to really try new things and, and have the ability to get through this, this kind of comfort zone, this bubble that we're in because we have enough, enough uh, gravitas to do that. What do you think, Urs?
2: Yeah, I, I think, um, well, first of all, actually, before I get my thoughts, was there actually anyone you were sitting by, literally Ben, who was someone who you should recognize that you didn't recognize at all? Is there an actual, like a real life example of that or are you just like being figurative?
1: well I, I reckon there's one person that i I uh, would not have recognized if it wasn't us uh, having worked with them before, but I had no idea who this person was before that and I, and I until we sat down to you know to talk and had dinner I didn't realize uh, you know everything that he's done to contribute to this profession and uh, there are a lot of stories like that that we came across.
2: Oh no, <laughs> I actually wanted a specific name, but that's fine, because uh, no, you're, no. you're clearly not going to name him now. <laughs> not going to name him right. now. Everyone who listens to this podcast is like, did who you know who I was?
1: <laughs> no, I, I, I know who it is.
2: Yeah, I know you know who it is, but I mean, everyone, if any of these people actually listen, they're like, wait a minute. No, so this whole that's time, good. he acted we'll like keep, he knew we'll who I was. keep them
0: guessing. we yeah. yeah. keep them guessing.
2: Right, well, right. we all these emails out. Um, <laughs> Well, I don't even remember the question now. What was the question, Gene?
0: What do you think? What do you think about, about the future and this whole integration of past generations into into now and, and kind of connecting and, and building forward?
2: Well, one thing I was talking about with a couple of colleagues uh, earlier this week was just the integration of business courses, because actually I was treating uh, one of the former uh, professors at a local DPT school, and we were just talking about how things have changed. And uh, I mentioned how chiropractors have business classes, and uh, how can how can physical therapists and how can these guys who have been around for a while and like kind of like the old guard who have four or five clinics, how were they even able to do that with with no business classes? And she said, "Well, well, I had a business class." And I said, well, "Yeah, I had a business class." You know, and it was like end of semester, it was the last semester. We were done with all our internships. We just wanted to graduate. We were done with our thesis. And this class, it seemed like an elective to me that I didn't want to take, versus chiropractors have an entire year of business. I'm like, there's a big difference because they're all expected to open up their own business, versus not every PT opens up a business. So I think that, you know, we can learn a lot from these guys who had to grind it out without any kind of formal practice I mean, we talk about it all the time the lack of business awareness and the lack of business training um you know ben actually has formal business training but he didn't start out with it right no <laughs> um, so I, i'd be interested in hearing a lot of their stories like and what their pain points were and how it's changed or if, if it's changed and, and how they continue to remain busy you know i know everyone they, a lot of them complain about it but obviously they're still I don't see a lot of those clinics closing. They still seem to be busy as ever.
0: But I think yeah, that, the, I think' it's really interesting of those stories out. And, and lucky for like even this at this time we're, we're lucky to be surrounded by by various media channels and we have awesome awesome podcasts. Obviously, we have the, the EIM podcast and we have Larry's leadership podcast who talks with some of these business owners that are they're a bit more established, but they do share their stories and those are those are awesome podcasts to check out. highly recommended. Um, and and obviously us as well and we had I I think the mentality is to me one of the best ways to do it is is how Russ and Heath are doing it in Tennessee the Dynamics PT guys who were on the podcast a month or so ago because they understand that they're limited in certain things and instead of trying to do a half-assed job at it they bring in people whose sole responsibility is to do that they double down on other people's strengths and they focus on their strengths. And that's how you build a business. So they get it. They get that mentality you have to invest in your business. And it becomes a how do I not lose mentality to how do I win? And how do I invest in money versus what am I spending? Right, Ben?
1: Yeah, and, and that's a big theme is uh, almost every other industry understands, you know, you got to spend money to make it. <laughs> and it's a, again, it's a thing that you said all the time is, yeah, you know, let's not focus on how we don't lose. That's not pursuing a positive, that's avoiding a negative. And I think even that simple switch of a mindset, we're so good at that as clinicians. You know, we're so good at helping people focus on let's not make, it's not about let's not make this worth, Is how do we make you get better. And I think we need to turn that same philosophy on ourselves and to realize that. We don't have to do everything. Like, I don't have to be all in one to start a business or to grow a business. What I need is a team. And what I need is to be able to make those available resources to be able to scale that business and grow. And that may mean a lot of ideas that work are not going to be my own. And I have to get out of my own way and champion other people's ideas because that's what's right for the business.
0: Absolutely. So, Chris, do you think there's a, a disconnect with the clinical world and kind of the business connecting with the public world? Um, because I think it's slightly, slightly different mindsets, and we keep we keep coming back and harking on the mindset because I think it's crucial and it's kind of the, the foundation that encompasses and. and and connects uh, a lot of these a lot of these elements. Is, I feel like in in the clinical world and continuing education, and you can speak to this a little bit more, is that there there's a different type of competition because it's it's kind of you have to stand out, you have to be unique, the things that you have to say, so people pay for your services. And I feel like that drive that drives something with a negative connotation versus positive. What do you think?
2: Yeah, I think clinically, um, I've worked at a lot of different places. I've worked as a manager. Uh, I had a traditional kind of brick-and-mortar practice, and now I have like my cash-based ICU in multiple gyms types of practice. And uh, I've also worked in a hospital-based practice. So I I think that if clinicians embraced what a lot of the same business concepts that a lot of entrepreneurs do, their businesses would be better off. I mean, Ben talks about Disney all the time, and I think that – even some of the fresh PTs, they, they get it, but they think, oh, I only need to embrace these business concepts or I need to provide value for my patients only if I'm the owner. And if I'm an employee, I don't necessarily need to worry about it. And I thought, of, I thought that a lot too. You know, when I was just someone's employee, I thought, oh, just, I don't necessarily have to worry about the numbers because I'm salaried and I, I am young and I can be a jerk to patients who don't like me because, uh, I don't necessarily care about this business, but in the end, you know, like every Disney worker or every Wegmans worker or every, um you know, like Delta employee who's on a plane, like they, the, the businesses that have very good customer service and perceived value or, or if you could actually talk to someone at an Apple store, um, the right person, you know, you've heard my stories about that. Um, <laughs> every single employee is on board with a vision and you don't have to be the CEO or the owner of the company to be that, the one who, the one person who is like, worried about the overall business so I think that's where the disconnect is and you know even starting my own clinic sometimes I just think I got lucky I mean uh, I don't know if it was was either Larry Benz or Tim Flynn who said it on our podcast you know just being a good clinician isn't good enough these days and you know that kind of struck a chord with me I'm like how did my clinic get so busy (laughs) Because I didn't know anything about any of this before I did social media or anything. I just happened to, I mean, I, yeah, I did a good job and I stood out, but how long could that last, you know? And same thing with like, I think the other disconnect is, oh, I, I, I market to physicians when I'm, when I'm not busy, but I don't market to physicians all the time, or I just, maybe I have a social media page, maybe I have Facebook, but I don't do YouTube, or maybe I do YouTube, but I don't do Facebook. And I always tell people, it's like, do you think Apple's like, I'm only going to advertise on radio and not cable or network or or vice versa? Like, you can't just say, I only, I'm going to use one media source because, you know, advertising works. And yeah, like Ben said, you gotta you got to pay to make money. But I think most clinicians, again, not being trained in business, they just kind of... They market when they can versus marketing all the time or getting your name out there all the time.
0: Inconsistency with the marketing and marketing is one piece of business, right? It's not it's not all of the business. So when we say business, we do not just mean marketing, but it, it is a big piece that, that typically gets left out to either more traditional means like like you're saying, or 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 just absolutely one one and done type of ads. I'll, I'll run an ad here or. Oh hey, I posted something on my Facebook page. A lot of people liked it, so let me just sponsor to boost the post, which absolutely does nothing. It's transient. It's a waste. Exactly, it's a waste of money. You know, I've always I've been thinking about this, and the point that you made, Erson, about that either Larry or Tim said, and I think they're absolutely right. Is it's not good enough anymore. But that not good enough anymore, I think, needs to be further um, broken down between not good enough from your business and not good enough for the overall physical therapy profession. Because I think those two get kind of merged together and they, they, they should and they shouldn't. Yes, the small businesses, you know, the small business, the saying small businesses are the, are the backbone of America. Well, we can make that same argument for physical therapy, that private practices are kind of like the backbone for physical therapy. And I'm not saying that acute care and everything else isn't important. It absolutely is critical the diversity in our profession is, is a strength. However, if, if every seven or one to seven clinic location goes, look, we're busy, we're doing okay. And they, they don't look at what they're doing in terms of how the physical overall physical therapy profession is looking and, and how they're contributing to a community perspective and how they're communi- uh, contributing to community a vision of physical therapy, then I think it's not good enough. If they're they're not pushing back into the best practices and they're not pushing back and advocating for physical therapy and they're not pushing back and saying, look, we're busy because we're doing this and and leaving themselves open to critique and feedback and to get even better, then I I think that's why our overall profession kind of stays in a loop of mediocrity versus being push beyond, because one, we need to get thicker skin, but two, we just need to get our, put ourselves out there. Just put yourself out there to the community and to show what you're doing, to show why you think you're successful, based depending on what your success is. Put that out there, because maybe your success will drive somebody else's success, or somebody else will say, oh, hey, you're doing this. That's kind of cool. We're doing this. You might improve what you're doing, and then your four clinics become six clinics. Six clients become eight legs and and it becomes contagious, which i i just i don't think that's happening yet
1: no it's not happening, and I think it just absolutely needs to on on so many different levels, whether it's you know the the clinical practices or the business models i mean human talent that 's a whole other discussion right there, even just community awareness you know I shared a uh, you know, I shared at the uh, the Virginia uh, Physical Therapy Association Student Conclave of my uh, my silly story where I was uh, you know voluntold, hey, you're uh, you're doing a health talk at the YMCA, <laughs> and I wasn't given uh, many resources. Just a, I printed out a sheet of paper before I I uh, drove over there, and this was back in my acute care days, so I wasn't even a quote orthopedic PT, but just being in that environment and giving them a general you know movement screen of whatever. You know, it was supposed to be a spine screen, but that, you know, easily turned into shoulder and neck and hip and knee. And the community is obsessed with... What we have to offer the moment they taste it, but they haven't tasted it yet, and so we do have to get out there. We absolutely need to get out there for the community, and we also have to get out there for each other and, and grow each other in in very positive ways, without fear that uh, somehow this is gonna you know self sabotage. It won't. There's so much there's so much growth to be done.
2: Yeah, I smell a future Updog survey. I think advocacy is so important and you know, what, what other, have you guys ever researched like what other major medical profession doesn't have mandatory professional association? You know, I, I think that's a big part of advocacy and how many PTs basically for them, it's just a job and it's not part of a greater thing. I mean, I know we have like one of the highest job satisfaction rates, but does that mean you overall care about where the profession is headed?
0: I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think that's, again, another, another, another way to look at how much potential and opportunity there is in this profession. I think that the whole point of this conversation is just to show that we're, we're trending in that direction and that the generations coming and the DPT students that we regularly inter- interact with have most of that mindset. It's just they need the mentors they need the support they need they need the uh, not not necessarily reassurance that's not the right word but they need to see that they are not alone on an island in this and not that it's going to change anything because i think they're still motivated motivated enough to keep pushing but if they have the support of, of most of us that share in that same vision and there is a lot of us we know that because we're lucky enough to have conversations with a ton of people because of what we do. It's just bringing it all together into, into a similar vision. We just don't have that unified vision yet as a profession. It's just not there yet. But when it is, man, there's no stopping us.
2: Yeah, I think it's it's something that I'm realizing now because you guys have attended you know, these past couple of years at PPS and Ascend and Next, etc., It's something that before I was actually into business, so to speak, uh, and you're just attending con ed courses, traditional con ed courses, or or even conferences like the AOMPT conference, you're only really surrounded by a bunch of clinicians who want to learn the greatest thing, or maybe they want to learn about research or something to expand their tool bag, but they don't necessarily get that feeling of unity or community and overall um, advocacy because you're just trying to make yourself better as opposed to the profession better.
1: And that's so key right there, right? Like to be the inspired professional, you can't just be an inspired clinician. You have to be inspired across all those dimensions you have to be the the best licensee you can possibly be the best advocate you could possibly be and then the best colleague you can possibly be those are your dimensions to make a profession truly inspiring inside and out
0: you just have to have it like it i like it well i think that's a good way to end it i think we had we had a, a great time at pps and aside from the smoke it was it was a lot of fun we had a lot of fun talking with strangers even though we had a 30 to 40 people tell us no, and they're going to speak English and perfect English. It, it was good to see, uh, because it was it was hard. It was hard for only Well, I'll, you, know, you can watch the video to see who said it, but it was cool. The result of who said physical therapy is, is very disappointing, yet opportunistic in what we can accomplish. So it was great. It was great to interact. It was great to see all our friends and, and business leaders and just to really... Feel the mindset shift happening to, and to me there, there's if, you, if you're not excited about this progression at this point if you if, you're, if you don't see all the opportunity if, if all you're worried about is the debt that you have or the reimbursements going down then just get out don't don't muddle muddle the waters don't don't drag everybody down if, if you're not excited about physical therapy and the future and, and driving it just get the hell out Boom. I don't know
2: what else to say. We don't need you. <laughs> we don't
0: need you. <laughs> Unfortunately, none of those people are listening to this podcast. There you Probably go. Probably not. Probably not. But if you are listening to this podcast, here's here's our challenge to you. Grab one of those people and slap them figuratively. That, that actually don't, don't, don't hurt anybody. But challenge them. Challenge them to ask, what are you doing right now? Why are you doing it? What are you doing to help yourself? What are you doing to help this profession? And then... Have a conversation about it, and then, for God's sake, do something about it. Don't just talk and move on. Lead with action. Learn by doing. Right, guys?
2: That's very quotable.
0: There it is. Tweet it out. <laughs> I stand in front of a mirror. Practice live.
2: Hashtag lead with action.
0: Lead with action. Hashtag physical therapy. Boom. All right, guys. Great chatting, and um, we'll see what comes out of it. Tweet at us at therapy Insiders. At the OMPT at Dr. Ben Fung. All right, thanks for tuning in. What'd you think? I think the biggest takeaway point, aside from putting everything together in a positive, opportunistic way, is to actually go out and do. There's so much potential, there's so much potential for growth, there's so much potential for change, there's just so much potential of getting stuff done and accomplishing something within this physical therapy profession. The question is, are you willing to step out of your comfort zone? take a risk and actually do something, whether that's starting a practice, whether that's pushing to be a partner, whether that's being more active on social media. There's, again, so many opportunities to take charge of this. And it's not about just talking about doing it. It's not just about being an advocate, even though that's important. We always need advocates, but we also need a subset of people that do, that drive the action. So the question is, are you one of them? Are you willing to step out and step out? I'm curious. Let us know. Tweet at us. See what you're doing. Reach out. Let us know if we can help. We'd be more than happy to. A lot of you have already. We love it. We love the interaction. We love the ideas. That's, you know, that's, that's the cool part. And I promise you there's no shortage of people willing to listen, willing to vet your ideas, and willing to guide you And connect you with people that can actually make your ideas happen. Because ideas are great, but they're a dime a dozen. It's about the execution and the action. Are you about the action? Let us know. Thanks for listening. Catch you next week. You do not want to miss the guests we have coming up.